The reading is taken from Luke chapter 2, verses 22 to 40. Jesus presented in the temple. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penula of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Colin. Shall we pray? 
Lord Jesus, thank you that you revealed yourself to people, even as a baby. And we pray that today you will reveal yourself to us through your word. Amen. So it's a new year, and if I've not seen you already, happy new year. I wonder if you've made any New Year's resolutions, and if you did, how you're doing eight days in. I decided a few years ago that uh, New Year's resolutions don't really work very well for me. Uh, I'm just not very good at sticking to them. However, for the past few years, I have asked God to give me just a word for the year, a word that kind of sums up something about myself that I need to work on, perhaps, for that year ahead. The first year I did this, the year was encouragement, and I tried very hard to uh, be encouraging in the way I interacted with other people. Uh, in 2020, the word was simple, and it turned out to be a bit prophetic as life was stripped back for much of that year. Last year, my word was rhythm. I felt the need to kind of put into place some really healthy rhythms of life in preparation for retirement. And if I'm completely honest, I wasn't entirely successful in that, and it's something I want to keep working on this year. So often, I get a sense of the word for the next year around about the end of November or the beginning of December. But this year, it wasn't until the last couple of days of the year when I started thinking about the passage we've just heard, uh, that I, 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 I knew what the word was going to be. And this year, for the first time ever, the word isn't actually an English word. It's a Greek word, and it's this word, prosdecomai. Prosdecomai. Uh, so we come across it in the passage as we're introduced to Simeon. You may have heard Colm say, now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. And that word waiting is this word prostekamai. And waiting isn't a bad way of translating it, but as I looked at this word a bit more closely, I realized that it's actually got a richer meaning than just waiting. And it's a word that really is one of those words that can't really be translated very successfully by just a single English word. Some translations say it's waiting expectantly, and I think that maybe comes a bit closer to the meaning. But it also has a sense of a, an active waiting, not just passively sitting back and waiting for something to happen, but actively looking forward to it, being eager for it. And I found it's also used at least once elsewhere in the New Testament as welcoming, as in the way that you would welcome a visitor into your home. So it's perhaps a bit like that phrase that has become popular in recent years, bring it on. It's got that sort of sense of welcome. So in the passage we heard just now, Simeon and Anna are both waiting in that sort of way, I think. Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting for the long-expected Messiah. 
And he was waiting in a time and a place that was even more turbulent and unstable than the last few years have been for us. It was a country under foreign occupation with weak religious leaders who were more concerned with the details of the law than with true worship and expressing God's love to others. A country where it was hard to know who might be collaborating and suspicion was rife. But Simeon had been told by the Holy Spirit that he would see the Messiah before his death. And he was waiting with that eager anticipation for this. And now, at last, he'd seen that hope fulfilled. Now he knew that he could die in peace, knowing that God's promise had been fulfilled. Now, we're not told if Anna had been given a promise like that, but she was clearly a lady who was led by the Spirit. She's described as a prophet, and having been widowed fairly early in life, now at 84, she was devoting her life completely to God. We're told she never left the temple. She devoted herself to worship with fasting and prayer, both day and night. And she too recognized who Jesus was. And we see her welcome and embrace that news as she gives thanks for him and spreads the good news to other people, the good news of the Messiah's arrival. I love this picture of two elderly people, clearly filled with joy as they welcome Jesus and bless him. So prosdecomai, that Greek word, seems to me to describe the way that they waited and hoped and embraced the future as it unfolded. And it's a word that I think sums up what God wants my attitude to be as I step into retirement this year. I want to be waiting for God to show me how he wants me to spend my time. I want to be expectant that he'll give me new challenges and opportunities. And I want to be welcoming of the new things that I'm faced with. I want to have more of that prosdecomai, bring it on attitude. But I also think it's a good word for all of us right now. Because haven't we all become just a little bit more wary and cynical over the last few tumultuous years? As we welcomed 2023 a few years ago, along with perhaps excitement and hope about what the new year might bring, perhaps there was also some fear and some apprehension about the future. And with good reason. The last few years have shown us that the world is a fragile and uncertain place. There's been personal tragedy for some and challenges for all of us. And I can sympathize if you're anticipating this new year with maybe mixed feelings. But God has been with us over the last few years and he will continue to be with us through the challenges ahead. He gives us his Holy Spirit to lead us through both the good times and the bad. We're waiting now to see what this year might bring. Perhaps we're expectant about plans that we have. Perhaps we're apprehensive about some of the challenges that we know lie ahead. Perhaps we're still wondering what our plans for the year should be. So this morning, I want to ask the question, what are you waiting for? 
and then to explore that in three different ways and, and to look for what insights we might get from this passage in Luke about this. So first of all, I want to ask you, what are you waiting for this year with hope? It could be there are specific things you're expectant for, a family event or a holiday perhaps. Sometimes we can just look forward to those things unreservedly. But often, there can be a little bit of anxiety in our expectation as well. After all, the last few years have shown us that things don't always happen the way we plan them. Holidays have been cancelled, weddings and other celebrations have been postponed. Things don't always work out as we hope for or expect. Most of the people in Israel were expecting the Messiah to be a conquering hero who would lead them to victory against the occupying Romans. But that wasn't Jesus' agenda. His message of salvation and reconciliation with God and the coming of the kingdom was actually far more revolutionary and world-changing. But it definitely wasn't what people were expecting. Perhaps this tiny baby wasn't what Simeon and Anna were expecting, but they recognized that God was at work, and so they welcomed him with joy and continued hope for the future. When I look back on last year, some of the things I was hoping for didn't look quite the way I'd imagined. Graham and I had our first holiday abroad for three years, and we ended up spending most of it stuck in a hotel room when Graham got COVID after three days. Not quite what we were hoping for. Christmas this year saw both me and my two daughters taking it in turns to be ill over the holiday, over the time we were together. Again, not quite what we were hoping for, but actually both the holiday and the family time together were generally happy despite those problems. And this year, as I look forward to some of the things we've planned, I want to remember that word prostekamai and look forward eagerly and expectantly. And if things don't work out quite the way I hoped, I want to embrace it anyway and see what God might be doing or saying in that situation. Or perhaps there's something you've been praying for over a long period of time, as Simeon had no doubt been praying for the coming of the Messiah. Sometimes it's hard to keep praying, isn't it, when things seem to be taking a long time for our prayers to be answered. It's easy to think, well, maybe God isn't really listening. Maybe he doesn't really care. And if there's something that you've been praying for over a long time, I want to encourage you to remember this word, prostekamai, as you wait, and wait with expectation that God will answer. Simeon and Anna had both been waiting for many years to see the promised Messiah, but they held on to God's promise. But we also need to be aware, of course, that sometimes when God answers our prayer, the answer isn't quite what we were expecting. Whatever sort of Messiah Simeon and Anna were expecting, they were able to welcome and rejoice in meeting Jesus. And perhaps we too can learn to welcome the answers to our prayer, even when they're not quite what we hoped they would be. 
So I hope we're all looking forward to some, to some things in the new year with hope and expectation. But I also want to ask, what are you waiting for that you know will be challenging and difficult? We all experience difficulties, and it's important that we acknowledge that life has downs as well as ups. As I get older, I feel very blessed that so far I've not been troubled by too many health problems, but I know that that's something that will be increasingly likely as I age. Now, Luke is realistic about the downside of life. At the beginning of the gospel, which we've been working through over the last few weeks, we've had the kind of outlines of Jesus' story, the accounts of the preparation for Jesus' birth. We've had Mary and Joseph being visited by angels. We've had the story of Jesus' birth and then the angels announcing the good news to the shepherds. But now we begin to get a glimpse of a bit more of what Jesus' life is going to look like. So Simeon tells Mary, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. We begin to see that the way ahead will not be an easy one and that this baby is going to live a life in which he will be far from universally popular. And Mary is warned too that her own soul will be pierced, something that we see painfully fulfilled in the Easter accounts as she watches her son die that agonizing death. In some pictures like this one here, Mary is even shown with a sword through her heart at the crucifixion as a reminder of these verses. Life does involve suffering. But the Christmas accounts, which we've been hearing over the last few weeks, show us that we're not alone in our suffering. We have a God who didn't just stay aloof in heaven, watching on as we suffer, but actually sent his son to suffer with us and for us. Simeon and Anna were themselves elderly, I'm sure their lives had involved loss. We're told that Anna was widowed fairly early. And probably their lives had involved health issues and personal sorrows. Simeon knew that the way ahead would involve suffering and he wanted to warn Mary to be ready for it. But they were still able to wait expectantly and to welcome the future that was being ushered in by Jesus' arrival. They had that prosdecami, bring it on, approach to the future. So for the challenges that we might be aware are ahead of us this year, or for the ones that inevitably arise, let's try and be ready for them. We don't welcome suffering itself. I believe that's a consequence of living in a fallen world in this kind of now and not yet time that we're in but we do welcome what suffering can teach us. And we do welcome the God who knows what it is to suffer profoundly and comes to walk through our suffering alongside us. So we thought about what we're anticipating this year, both the good and the bad. 
But now I want to ask that question again. What are you waiting for? Perhaps there's something that you feel God is nudging you to do. Perhaps there's something that you see and you think, someone should do something about that. And perhaps you haven't thought that that someone might be you. Perhaps you feel you should be serving in some area of church life or community life, but maybe you feel you're not sure you're old enough or perhaps you're too old or perhaps you don't have the right gifts. Well, I want to say, what are you waiting for? Because here we have Anna and Simeon, both quite elderly, but playing a significant part in fulfilling God's plan. Over recent weeks, we've read about Mary, still very young and from a relatively humble background, being entrusted with giving birth to and bringing up the Messiah. Just before this passage, we have the shepherds, ordinary men without much education, being the first to be given the good news about Jesus' birth. And then we have the wise men, probably quite wealthy and well-educated, but willing to leave their studies and travel far to worship the new Messiah. All those people saw a part that they could play in God's story, and they welcomed it. I'm sure there were fears and worries along the way, but they chose to play their part. I wonder if the last few years had made us all a bit more wary about taking on new challenges and embracing new opportunities. It can feel hard to commit to something new in an uncertain world. For many of us, our mental health may have taken a, a knock in recent times, and we feel less confident about taking on new things. And I think, if I'm honest, I see some of that in myself. And that's why I feel this word, prostecomai, is one to challenge myself with this year. It would be easy for me to treat retirement as a kind of extended holiday. But I'm pretty sure that's not what God has in mind. So my challenge to myself is to look for where God is leading and to follow him eagerly and expectantly. I have some ideas that I've been praying about, but God's answer to my prayers might look different to what I'm expecting. And if it is, I want to embrace that and welcome the challenge. Some of the things that God has in store for me in the next few years might be difficult, but I want to allow him to walk with me through those times. Above all, I want to continue to play my part in building God's kingdom, and I'm excited to find out how I can do that. I probably will have a period of waiting as I work out what specific things God is calling me to, but I want to wait in expectation and anticipation. I want to wait actively, perhaps pushing some doors to see if they open, trying some new things to see if they're right. So that's what I'm waiting for this new year. What about you? Will you join me in looking to embrace new opportunities, serve in new, word, new ways, and look for where God is leading? What are you waiting for?
Amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jan. This is the band come up. Shall we have a time just to respond in prayer? Uh, would you stand with me? And let's just allow the Lord a bit of space perhaps to, to guide us um, in our hearts and in, in our thoughts about, yeah, what are we waiting for? So come, Holy Spirit, I pray, and uh, come and crystallize uh, these things. Come and uh, give us the prostekomai attitude. And perhaps some of us are really up for that. Um, uh, or maybe there's a situation in your life where that feels really difficult or impossible. In both cases, Lord, we ask, would ye help us? And Lord, would ye fix our eyes on Jesus always? Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And 